The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next, enjoy this classic moment when Beth Moore shares her most requested true story. Sir, may I have the privilege of brushing your hair? To which everyone at the airport goes, whoa! <laughs> and he looks at me and says, if you want to, and I go, I don't want to. I went, yes, sir. I would absolutely love to. But my problem is, I don't have a hairbrush. <laughs> Welcome to Live Today. I'm Randy Robinson. My guest host is Miss Sheila Walsh. Sheila, always good to have you. Great to be with you. Man, we have got a special thing for you today. You, you, you may not know this. The, the teaching that Beth is, is teaching today is called Field to the Measure. She tells a story. We call it the hairbrush story around here. And that's actually what I call it. Um, part of my job around here at Life Outreach has to do with the digital media. Did you know that this story that Beth tells in this show is the number one most viewed video clip on YouTube out of anything that Life Outreach International has ever done? Well, having watched it, I'm actually not surprised. It's, it's funny and it's powerful. It, it, it is. It's one of those, and I've seen it, man, I've seen it a dozen times now. And honest to God, every time I see it, I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Because God uses it, I think, to just get our attention and say, you know what? If you will just obey me, you will experience things you never thought you could, and it'll be glorious. So over, over three-quarter of a million views on YouTube wow. so far. And if you've ever wondered... Lord, can you use me? You know, I'm not a preacher, I'm not a singer. Um, can you use my life? Then I think this illustration from Beth will show that when we're simply obedient, God can do things that are unbelievable. Absolutely, yeah, let's take a look at that right now. Beth Moore filled to the measure. you to note something and being filled to the measure that is specified in Ephesians 3. Notice with me that it says, in the context of grasping how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, that there it says that you may know that love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Oh, please go there with me because you and I don't just need to be full. We need to be full of somebody's love. Every single one of us has an innate, overwhelming, not just desire to be loved, but a need to be loved. You are never at greater risk, nor am I, than when we are not feeling properly loved. We will look for that. You, you want to talk about an empty vessel? If we do not go to God to get that cup filled, let me tell you, we're going to get ourselves into a tremendous amount of trouble because there is something very real inside of each one of us that not only needs to be full, i got to know somebody totally loves me and that I cannot change that no matter what I do. 
that it's just there and it's just huge and it's enough to go to the depths of my need. It's enough. It's long enough. It, it's, it's wide enough. It's high enough. I got to know that. You know, many of these in this studio audience come from around the same areas uh, where I live, and so they'd be able to testify that we do a lot of sweet talk where we're from. I go to all sorts of areas of the country and, and certainly in, in other nations where everybody doesn't just sweet talk. They don't call each other darling. But, but we sort of do. Not all of us, but, but most of us. We're sweet talkers. It's just the way we are. I, I remember when a good friend of mine one time said, a, good, a dear, dear friend of mine, a, uh, an artist, a, a wonderful singer that said to me, she's, she's from New York City, and she said, Beth, I need your advice, and I do not need your sweet baloney. It was just so, I said, it is not baloney. It's just that we find a really sweet way to say it where I'm from. You know what I'm talking about? You have no idea the letters I've received through the years that have said, you are the only one that calls me sweetheart. It just almost brings me to tears every time. At least the first 20 times I saw it, it made me just sob. You're the only one that says, beloved. You're the only one that says, you sweet thing. I want you to know something. Christ's affection for you is such, he sweet talks you. You'd be red-faced if you could hear it. It's good. And it's full. And you need to know it. So you are not just a gaping canyon looking to fill it. It'll be the death of you. What the Word of God is teaching us is how to come to Him. That before He fills me up, i got to empty myself out. That's when I'm going to come and I'm going to bring in my, my confessions of sin. I always have something to confess. And I, I'm going to bring him um, my concerns. I'm going to tell on people that have hurt my feelings. You understand what I'm saying? I'm going to do all of those things. And then after I just empty myself out before him, I want to ask him, Lord, you come and you just overtake me. See, the, the, the filling of the Spirit is, is not about a spiritual gift. It's about a state of being full. But with that fullness comes power. And you never know what you're going to do with that kind of power. Something beyond you. I want to tell you a story that I told many, many years ago that remains dear to me, particularly because people bring it back up to me over and over again. It's probably the thing I've been asked about as much as anything regarding stories and Bible studies along the years. But it's such a statement in my own life and such a memory of God overtaking me and enabling me to do something I couldn't do. You have no idea how dangerous you would be if you would live filled to the measure with the fullness of Christ. I was headed off to uh, the east side of the country to Asheville, North Carolina to speak, and I had... Left fairly early that morning, right after I'd gotten the girls on the bus. They were probably, oh, early junior high school at that time, my oldest and my youngest probably coming out of, out of elementary school. And 
I'd had a terrific morning with the Lord. When you're in the throes of that kind of parenting, boy, it's catch where catch can. But that particular day, they had gone off early to school, and I had had all morning just to soak him in. And I'd, I'd been memorizing Scripture, and I remember very clearly I was memorizing John chapter 1 at the time. And I was on the, uh, the airplane, and the way I do my memory work is I have to say it, I read it, then I say it out loud, and I read it, and then I say it out loud, and I read it, and then I look away from it and see if I can say it. So I've done it over and over again until I got stumped on a passage, and the guy sitting next to me completed my sentence, and he was not happy about it. <laughs> he had no desire to memorize John chapter 1. None. None. So I, I got to my layover, and I was about to go. I was going into a small town. I was going into Asheville. So I was about to move to a prop. So I was having to go to a part of the airport uh, that was just one large room where you went off into several different halls down to the smaller plane. So it was for a small airport and a small part of the, the terminal, it was packed, absolutely packed. And our chairs were all facing one another. So I, there was a set of chairs that were against the wall, and then I was in the one straight across from them. And I was totally immersed in my memory work. The only reason I'm telling you this is I was filled to the measure. I'd had a wonderful morning with him. And I was filled to the measure. So I had, I was uh, sitting Indian style in my, in my jeans and, and sweater and I had my Bible open on my lap and I was just going back over and back over. Boy, I was getting it. I was all the way down to about verse 18 and boy, it was coming to me. I was having a great time. And suddenly I see that the eyes of all the people against the wall are watching something behind me. And it was like a movie because all of their eyes shifted this way, this big around, and they began to come this way. Whatever it was, it was going right behind me. And I'm thinking, oh, I wish I were looking. Are you like that? I'm a people watcher. I was so desperately thought, what are they looking at? And I can't wait to look for myself until it comes all the way around here. And then suddenly in my peripheral vision, I begin to see a little of it. And it is a, a flight of hostess that is pushing up a man in a wheelchair right to the end of my row. And there's nobody between us. And this place is packed. So I want you to know that Jesus went to a significant amount of trouble to make sure that I saw this man. So I wait until everybody else gets more polite, and then I go. And when I look over at him, he was the oddest sight. He looked like he was not one iota less than about 129, and I'm not kidding. This was the oldest-looking person I had ever seen. Not only that, but he had gray hair that was down to here. His fingernails were every bit as long as mine. He was clean. But it's just an odd sight. His pants, it looked like that he had obviously lost a lot of weight because they were just bunched up. I'll never forget how he looked. And he was just, his head was just hanging down like this and his hair was in strings like this. Huh? Whoa, it's one of those times where you think, that is Howard Hughes. That has got to be Howard Hughes. You think any moment I'm going to have an Elvis sighting. You know, it's that kind of thing. That this is what's happening in the airport today. And so I just, I can't, I can hardly take my gaze off of him. So I try to get my face back down my bubble, go back to my memory work. This is how much God thinks of us just memorizing scripture, but not doing anything with it. Because the Lord begins to compel my heart. Overwhelms me. Overwhelms me. Well, I have learned, I've walked with him a long time. I knew by now, that is scary. That God is up to something when he is overwhelming your heart like that. And I just thought, oh, please, God, no. Oh, please, please, God, no. Because I'm already knowing he wants me to witness to this man. And so I say to myself in my spirit, now I'm not talking out loud, but in my spirit, I'm talking to God silently, and I'm saying, I'm sure my mouth is going. 
because I say to him, do not make me witness to that man. Put me on the same plane with him. I'll happily witness to him on the same plane. But do you? Do I have to do it now? Because I had that whoa, whoa, where that now, whoa, that now kind of feeling that gets in your soul. Where whoa, where it's like the Holy Spirit in you is standing up and going, and you're going like this with him. That horrible feeling when you know something is about to happen that you would not have chosen to do. And now I'm going to tell you, as clear as I'm talking to you now, the Lord spoke to my heart. Been very few times I've ever heard God be this articulate with me. And I'm telling you word for word, these words came into my heart. I'm not asking you to witness to him. I'm asking you to brush his hair. Lord, that man needs witnessing to. What good is combed hair if a man is lost? And I can tell, Lord, that man, I am your witness. I am your witness. I am your witness. I am your, I am your girl. Me. Me. I got the plan. I got the Roman road. Amen? Still in my heart. I mean, we are just having a fight. I didn't tell you to witness to him. I told you to brush his hair. I thought, I don't have a hairbrush. You know, I fixed my hair. And then it's done for the day until I unfix it. And the brush is in the luggage. You understand what I'm saying to you? So I said, I don't even have a hairbrush. And I, the Lord's still compelling me. Come so I get up, walk over, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't even have a hairbrush. You know, I was supposed to be thoroughly equipped under all good work. I do not have a hairbrush. <laughs> I walk over. I get right in front of the man. His head's hanging down like this. I lean down like this. I said, sir, may I have the honor of brushing your hair? And he says, what? <laughs> a little louder. Sir, may I have the honor of brushing your hair? He goes, little lady, if you want me to hear you, you're going to have to speak up. Sir, may I have the privilege of brushing your hair? To which everyone in the airport goes, whoa. <laughs> and every, I can feel every eye just piercing me just like this. And I'm just humiliated. And he looks at me and says, if you want to. And I'm going, I don't. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to. I went, yes, sir. I would absolutely love to. But my problem is, I don't have a hairbrush. <laughs> he says, I have a hairbrush. He said, it's back in my bag. So I go all the way around the wheelchair. His bag is on the back of it like this. I get down on my knees. I unzip this little duffel bag. And I start pulling out his clean undershirts, his pair of pajamas. All sorts of things. And as I do, I cannot tell you the feeling that overwhelms me. I am just flooded with the love of Christ. I found the hairbrushes. One of those real old uh, bristle ones doesn't look anything like our, our brushes do now. And, and when I stood up, I, I began then. I went over to him and I thought, you know, to tell you the truth, this is what I'm good at. <laughs> I had two girls. I'm good at this. So I just came and I just began to brush his hair and it was so matted that I couldn't even believe it. And so I had to get down to the very bottom of it and I, I just brushed the very ends of it. And then just a little bit, it took us forever. And I want to tell you, I was oblivious to everybody else in that room. At that point, nobody else was alive to me. I just kept brushing and kept brushing until that hair was as smooth as silk. I went back around to him and and squatted down in front of him, put my hands on his hands. They were on his knees. His head was just like that. And I said, sir, do you know Jesus? 
And he said, yes, I do. I said, well, of course you do. <laughs> that figures. <laughs> I wanted to share the gospel with you. But no, you need your hair brushed. And he told me that his old bride of so many years would not marry him until he came to know Christ. And he said, I was just sitting here thinking to myself, and he wept. I'm about to cry telling you. He said, I was just sitting here thinking, what a mess I must be for my bride. He'd been in that hospital for months, and he was about to return back home. Nobody had cut his hair or anything. I don't know how long it had been since he'd been brushed. That hostess came and put him on the plane, and she came back out, and she was crying. I mean, hard. And she said, what made you do that? And I said, Jesus, he's the bossiest thing. <laughs> she did need Christ, so I did get to talk to her. He knows what our need is. Man didn't need witnessing to. He needed his hair brushed. When we are filled to the measure with the fullness of Christ, you sweet thing, you cannot believe the needs we can meet. We can do what we know we can. And while you're doing it, you're just thinking, that ain't me. That, is, that really ain't me. Yeah, did I tell you that was a great story or what? I mean... Just the way God can use us if we will be available. And, uh, you know, that's, I think there's a lot of ways we can do that. You know, a lot of times it is going and doing something a little unusual. Maybe it's as simple as, as talking to a neighbor. Um, Sheila, I know you, you've, you've reached out in ways you never thought you would. I think one of the things about learning to obey the Holy Spirit is when you feel that nudge, sometimes it doesn't seem like it makes sense. I mean, I'm sure Beth, she told us, you know, Lord, I mean, what's this man going to think? Mm. But her simple obedience unlocked something in that man's life. It does. And what I love about Beth's teaching is it shows us that when we are willing to move, to do something, then God can do something even greater. Mm -hmm. And that's one of our passions. That is what we want to really talk to, to, to you about today, about this wonderful vision we have to bring clean water to children who are dying because they don't have it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and let me say this. Don't use this as a cop-out because I'm going to ask you to do something in a minute, and, and I want you to do it. But I think there's also some things you can do right around your family, your home, your work, and, and, and you need to do it because it's all about obedience. But I think there's an opportunity right now in obedience because Jesus said if we will reach out and give a cup of water in, in his name, to someone that we wouldn't lose our reward. And let me tell you, that reward is, is, is priceless. It's imme immeasurable by our terms. Will you go with me to a place where I think God's calling all of us to reach out and do something? Watch this. Stenina. We are going to the, little, the home of little Stenina. She actually lost a little sister with the contaminated water here. They use the same water to drink, to wash their clothes, to clean the house, and also washing dishes. And then they drink the same water, so it's a very startling scenario. 
She has to walk about two kilometers, about a mile and a half one way to collect water and then bring it back home to her mother. And what she showed me here, I was just really surprised that somebody would actually drink this water. Her little sister died at about three years old from drinking this water. They couldn't save her life. She got so sick and so ill, they just couldn't bring her back. So she's lost a little sibling drinking this water from the river. It just kind of disturbs your soul when you know that it's a very simple solution. Just a cup of clean water would have saved little Stanina's little sister. You know, that little girl, Stanina, is carrying such a heavy load. She's carrying the burden that usually a mom or a dad would carry. And that profound sadness she feels at the loss of, of her sibling and so afraid she'll lose her brother too. You know, whenever I know that my son's coming home from college, one of the first things I do is I go to the supermarket and I buy bottles of the water he likes best. And when I watch that, my heart breaks for that little girl. That simply, the very thing that they need to sustain life, which is to be able to drink water, is the very thing that's killing them. But you and I, we have the privilege. We can change this. I mean, we can do this. Our plan, our prayer, our commitment this year is to build 500 new water wells. And you know, the thing that's amazing about these wells, I'm, I'm learning, is that this is not just some hole in the ground that can cave in. These are amazing wells that can operate without electricity. They're steel-based. Children can pump them. Do you know they'll last for 70 years? That's why it's called water for life, yeah. because this will do for life. This will sustain them for life. So we want to do this. $4,800, which I know is a lot for some of you and not so much for others, will build a well in a village that will change the life of every person in that village. But maybe you can do less. Maybe you can just do $48 if you could do that. You see, if we all join together, you might think that's a drop in the bucket. But if you and I join together, the bucket's getting wetter every single day. Mm -hmm. Go to the phones right now, go online, do what you can. And you know, th those tears, golly, man, first time I saw that, those tears just, it's just not right. It hurts, it hurts my heart to watch a child have to go through that in the way she, she's clinging on to her brother. And there's so many kids like that. And if I, I, don't, you know, I couldn't make it through it if I didn't know what we do when you partner with us. As Sheila mentioned, our goal is another 500 wells this year, and that's in over 15 different countries, we can only reach that goal with your help. And some of you, you know what? I know $4,800 is not feasible for me, but I know there's some people that are watching. I bet there's some people that could do two or three wells, and I just want you to pray about it. God will tell you what you're supposed to do, and then you need to be obedient. But for most of us, you know, $24 is that's the way it breaks down. The math breaks down to $24 will give five people clean water 
for the rest of their lives. Stanina, her brother, a couple of other siblings, cousins. If they were in your neighborhood, you know you'd run to their door and say, here, here's $24, my goodness. You don't have to drink that, that deathly water. It's just a matter of obedience. Pray and ask the Lord, what can I do today? And then reach out, partner with us, and let's give water for life. Every day, children living in extreme poverty are forced to make a dreadful choice. Drink filthy, polluted water filled with deadly disease or die from thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most proven and viable demonstrations of God's love in the world today. Suffering can end because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, you can help establish and drill 500 water wells in remote villages in over 15 different nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10. $72 will provide for 15 people. And $144 will help provide fresh water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, we would like to send you Pastor Robert Morris' new book, Frequency. As you read, you'll discover how to hear God's voice, receive direction for your life, and experience a deeper connection with God. With your gift of $100 or more, you'll also receive the Hearing God Daily Journal and Scripture Pen, a wonderful way to record what God is impressing on your heart and a beautiful keepsake for your daily prayer time. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well and you may request our beautiful Majesty Bronze Sculpture. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. Well, you know, here's a little girl getting a drink. Betty just said, I can't help her. I can't help her do it. And the reason Betty says that is she knows she's seen the river where it comes from. We've seen the animals and the animal waste, and we know it's contaminated. Now you're going to tell a thirsty child they can't have water. When their mother brought them the water, mom brought them this water. Mom had no idea she might be bringing this child disease or sickness. This is the kind of water they're drinking, the only water that they have to fill their thirst. But as they're filling their thirst, they're putting disease into their little bodies. We don't need that to happen. We can make a difference in that. If you'll just join with us and let's give these children some clean, safe water. Will you please go to the phone right now? We need to begin drilling these water wells to help these children. We must not delay. We need your help now. Please go to the phone. Do call. Uh, if you prefer to go online, you can always go to the website, lifetoday.org. That's how I give. But just do what you can. It's just important that we, we obey. I think when God gives us an opportunity to reach out and impact someone's life, and that's what you'll be doing today. We appreciate you being with us. Sheila, good remember, to have you. Thank you. And remember, we're here for you too. If you need prayer, call and we'll Absolutely. pray for you. Oh, yes. Thank you for mentioning that. And join us next time on Life Today. We love having you here. We want to see you again real soon.
Tomorrow, Lucy Swindoll and Marilyn Bieber reflect on the highlights and lessons learned from 43 years of friendship and 20 years with women of faith. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.